What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Thursday morning, October 5th, 2023. It is the Beating the Book podcast. Week number five in the National Football League. It's the Megapod. Gil Alexander, thank you for listening. Uh, cannot wait to get into it. And we'll get all the uh, records from last week squared away. Let's say hello to our uh, staples on the show first from his mom's living room somewhere in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Todd Wishnev playing hurt. Hey. You feel better this week? What's up? You feel better this week? I'm, I'm, I'm 90%. I'm, I was really struggling last week, but I'm feeling better. Okay, cool. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can <clears throat> find him on the Bear Bets podcast, both college and pro football editions. Also, Gold Boys Network. Also on the Megapod, of course, is Will Hill. How you doing, Will? Gilly, what's going on? Excited for uh, week five. Hard to believe, man. I think you were saying it this morning, and I, I was telling somebody else. We wait so long for these games to get here. Uh, you, you blink, you look up, and week five, like, where, where does the season go? It goes so fast. Try to enjoy it while it's happening, and we're, we're trying to do that for sure. And uh, our rotating guests uh, continue, obviously, week after week. This week, we always are thrilled to have him on the show from Sumer Sports. It's our buddy, Dr. Eric Eager. How you doing, Eric? Gil, guys, I'm like, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I share the same uh, sentiment. I can't believe we're already in week five. Week five in the National Football League with a Bears-Commanders tilt on Thursday Night Football tonight, which I have a lot going on in this game. I have, like, Survivor, last winless team on Carolina, and first coach to be fired, Eberflus, all in this confluence of events. Sort of like the confluence of the rivers in Pittsburgh. Todd, that's what's happening to me in this game tonight. So I'm, uh, I think it's I might just have like, to, just like that exactly. <laughs> uh, I think I have to play Washington in Survivor tonight, which is because we have a Thanksgiving consideration on Detroit on Thanksgiving in the Circus Survivor contest, and because I've just been too chalky. The, the entries that remain have been too chalky for me, so I think I have to take a chance with Washington because otherwise I'll never get to the finish line anyway. So we'll talk about that if anybody has a play on the game tonight, which I do not in terms of the spread or the total. First, though, Todd, the court stenographer, tells us our records from last week and our overall records. What do we got? Pretty good record for most people uh, last week. Gilly was 2-1. and one. In fact, the first time ever, uh, three of the four people picked something, and it actually came in. Seattle yes. uh, unbelievably came in when uh, both Will uh, Aaron Schatz, the guest, and you all had uh, Seattle. So you went two and one with Jags, Seattle, and Cleveland. Will with a 
Oh, so that moves you to seven and five. Will had a one and two, Cleveland, Carolina, Seattle. It looked like he was going to get there with Carolina, but then uh, things went bad. So Will moves to five and seven. And I had a two and one also with under 45 in the Lions, which didn't obviously didn't make it. And then under 42 in Pittsburgh and under 43 in Dallas. On the teaser side, um, I hit my teaser again. I'm three and one. Will is two and two on his teasers. Oh. And Gilly, you have fallen to one and three on teasers. Jeez. So I am in first place, barely in the regular and ahead on the teasers. Guest is five, six, and one, and two and two on the teasers because Aaron Schatz went one and two last week. And by the way, he went head to head against me on the under in the Dallas. He had over in the Dallas. That's like the fourth time the guest has gone head to head and been vanquished. <laughs> of course. So Eric, be Van careful. Vanquished. <laughs> hey, warning. Shots fired at Eric Eager. You best you best be warned. Uh all right, do you have any in-game thing, Toddy, from last week that you want to talk about? Anything? Um, don't make it. Don't make I something guess. up. If you had something. No, no, I, I, um, I actually had a decent in-game week last week in the NFL, um, and the the um, I'm getting more and more into this whole idea of you have to play these games almost as two separate games, first halves and second halves in the NFL. Another game like that last week was Dallas, uh, New England. Um, the Miami-Buffalo uh, game, I played it over in the first half when I saw, okay, we're off to the races. Somehow that second half did not go over. So and we're, you see this more and more where the, the, the huge over first half does not turn into a huge over second half because of the adjustments usually that the teams make, but it seems to happen more and more. So I'm getting more and more into, if you like something over in the first half early, play it just for the first half over, as opposed to playing it for the full game over. And that's, you know, been working uh, a little bit better. Uh, the, the third quarters I've had a real, a real tremendous, um, a success with the third quarter overs in the situations where the teams are not moving. You find a team that's not moving the ball. Okay. And they're not getting the ball to start the third quarter. And the other team has an incentive to run the ball. It's very, very hard for that, that other team to go over three and a half on its team total in the third quarter. So I've been having some success like with the saints. I had them under three and a half in the third quarter. I had Carolina under th three and a half in the third quarter. I mean, Carolina has a hard time scoring regardless of what quarter it is. Mm -hmm. Right. But <laughs> certainly in the third quarter, they're going to get their points in the fourth quarter when it's garbage time. That's the only time they're really going to be able to score with, with that quarterback, you know, it, it, it's rough. So, the third quarters have been have been real good. I'll just repeat what I think sure. my reaction to that was last time, which is at, at what percentage of books actually have third quarter lines, like end of third quarter lines? Caesars has it, I know. Where else? No, Caesars has the end of third quarter line that's up prior, but a lot of them just have the standalone third quarter. I'm talking about at halftime where you have oh, the, I see. the third quarter. Yeah, well, I'm talking about situations like in the, in the uh, Saints game was a perfect example where the Saints were team total under three and a half for the third yeah. quarter and weren't and were getting the ball second. Even that you though know? is not that widespread, right? No, 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 that's not that widespread. Rivers 
does that. But you have you have like um, regular third quarters. Like I had the uh, under seven and a half in the in the Ravens Browns game. It was pretty much the same idea. The Browns could not move the ball, and the Ravens had no incentive to move the ball. No. So you know. The other thing that, that that I think one other thing that people and, and I'll end it with this: teams that are ahead by a lot don't bet them team total over in the second half. They have no incentive to score, and once you get to the fourth quarter, they may not score at all. So, like uh, you know, people who don't bet a lot will send me a thing like, "Hey, what about this?" Like, uh, uh, you know, I forget who it was. Oh, the Detroit Lions were winning on uh, Monday night, like a million to, or Thursday night. Was that Thursday night game? Yeah. They're winning like 27 to three or something. And they were like, oh, look, it's 36 and a half. It's nothing. I'm like, that's a lot. Getting more than a touchdown for a team that's winning by a lot at halftime, it sounds like nothing, right? What's well, one touchdown? I'll well, get a touchdown and a field goal in the third, in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. It doesn't happen. These teams, they just totally, when they're ahead by a lot, they just go into, let's just run the ball, let's get out of here. I fell into that fell. on the Monday night game, well, no, Sunday night game, between the Chiefs and the Jets, where it was seven, what was the score? But the Chiefs were like way up early. It was 17 to nothing. nothing. And it was 17 to nothing. And it was 17 2. Hold on. It was 17 Okay, but it was 17 to nothing. And the in game line on the Chiefs. For the first half at that point was minus 19 and a half. And for the game, it was minus 20 and a half. And I even sent a text. That I was like, wait, how is this so low at this point? And, of course, it never even came close. But, I mean, I think there are opportunities where those things do absolutely get out of control also, right? But I, I understand your point about incentive for sure. No, it happens. But yeah. in general, in the NFL, I guess the, this is the last thing I'll say. In the NFL, do not lay 18 and a half. I don't care what the score is. Sure, you'll win sometimes. In well, the long run, you will lose a ton of money. Yeah, especially if especially, you just take, especially if you throw in your uh, prime time game theory about the refs wanting to keep the TV audience going. I mean, it, it's so it's getting so blatant. It's like almost WWE now. Yeah, Todd Todd believes this fervently. It's not about it's not about gambling implications. It's about ratings, TV ratings implications. Is what you're saying on those. Yeah, so, I, I just yeah. think that you can call holding on every single play. You, you can, can call defensive passing or, you know, defensive holding on every single play. So, I mean, what's so hard to just kill a drive right. with a holding penalty if there's billions of dollars riding on people keeping the TVs on? Thursday Night Football, uh, Will or Eric, do you have any plays on the Bears and the commodes tonight? With the commodes now, Washington is back to a, this has been bouncing around all morning. Literally, like even the time that we've been doing this podcast, now it's six in favor of Washington. Eric, any thoughts? Is your dog? What's your dog's name? Sadie is my parents' dog's name. Uh, <laughs> I uh, the I think the buy price for me on Chicago as bad as it is a seven. Um, that that price came up a few times earlier this week. I make the game more like, you know, six and a half or so, which is right about where market is a little, you know, and, and six is a key number. Six is a key ish number now, but not enough for me to buy, uh, you know, at the current, you know, at, at current prices. So, um, yeah, for me right now, if it gets to seven, I'd take a little bit of Chicago, but um, it's trended down from that from yeah. the from early week. Will? No, I agree with Eric. It's seven. Chicago would interest me. It's six and a half. Um, I mean, because you throw Washington into a teaser. Of course, you have to look at the money line and see what's better off there. But um, probably not going to have anything on this one. Yeah, today uh, in this ball game, Sam Howell this year ranks 
34th out of 34 quarterbacks in EPA per play when facing pressure. He jumps to 20th in the league, so just uh, shy of average when he has a clean pocket. The issue, though, is that the Bears have the second lowest pressure rate in all of football, 31st in DVOA against the pass. This year, they're secondary as well, which is losing three or four starters tonight also. So um, not only do they not... help them. Not on the, not, that's right. Not only do they not exert pressure on the opposing quarterbacks, but they're also banged up on a secondary that also sucks. So um, those things point to Washington. But, yeah, Bears plus seven. Todd, you don't have to play on this either, do you? I lean over in this game. I, I'm not going to make it one of my plays, but I you know, I think the Bears are going to be an over team this year just because their defense is so god-awful. And uh, every once in a while, Field will do something. So 44 and a half sounds kind of low to me. I haven't, the Washington Commanders defense hasn't been exactly, you know, stellar. I think you got a horrible defense versus an average defense. So I'd probably look at the over. I Why? mean, I'd lean to the Why? over. Washington's defense has given up a lot of big plays this year. A lot of big plays downfield. And Justin Fields looked good last week. Um, I'm just trying to get through this. Just trying to get through Washington. Just give me a win, for God's sakes. I'm hoping for a... A win for Washington, which will get me through Survivor. Maybe that will have Eberflus fired, as gauche as that is to root for somebody to be fired. I have a bet on it. And then wait to win my Carolina last winless to a subsequent week. The worst thing that could happen to me is a tie. I'll get bounced in Survivor. Eberflus won't get tired. And Chicago still will be winless. So, anyway, all those things. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, best bets, week number five, Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. That's S-U-M-E-R. First of all, how's that going, Eric? All good? Things are good, yeah. SumerSports.com. We have a bunch of stats pages, a bunch of uh, articles, uh, podcasts, myself and uh, Thomas Dimitrov on the uh, uh, every Monday and Wednesday. It's been, it's been a good time. All right, what's your first bet for the weekend? 
Um, I think I think this one is very popular and it hasn't moved a ton, so it does make me a little bit nervous, especially considering the people I talk to. So there must be somebody sharp that keeps betting it on the other side. But I, I like Dallas plus four, Dallas plus three and a half. Mm. Like I, I think that that's one where, um, that you know, there's, you know, there there isn't as big of a gap on either side of the ball as the market uh, believes. And in fact, I think that the Dallas probably has a little bit of a better defense than the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and I think Dallas is quite a bit of a better quarterback than the San Francisco 49ers. So um, the play, the difference in head coach is, is big, but uh, not enough to overcome those two things. Add in the fact that San Francisco is not a great home field. Santa Clara is not a great home field for the 49ers. Um, I'm going to take the points with Dallas. Do you not like Brock Purdy as a quarterback? You don't think he's that good? I, I think Purdy's fine. I think we get carried away. Like he's first in expected points added per drop back. That's awesome. You know, Shanahan's done cool things. With Nate Tice tweeted out that picture of like them motioning Usechek, you know, you know, into a, a a position as like a lead blocker for McCaffrey on a swing pass. Like he does all this cool stuff, right? But Dan Quinn is is cooking pretty well right now. Both defenses gave up a lot to the Arizona Cardinals, yeah. uh, which is concerning for both. Um, but when those two defenses kind of hit the ball on the barrel of the bat, they they really do hit home runs, uh, sacks and fumbles and interceptions. In fact, Dallas has been better at that, you know, twice the sack rate uh, and and better EPA per play allowed, which is kind of signifying the turnovers and everything. So um, I like Purdy, but I, I think, you know, the only time he's been held under 30 points in a full game as a starter was Dallas last year in the playoffs and, and that very stadium. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for kind of a repeat there, just a little bit more offense from Dallas. Cowboys plus three and a half, Todd. Is that what we see? I believe. Yeah, so. I see three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half. Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Eric Eager on Give Twitter, the- by the way. Eric, you're at Eric Eager underscore, correct? That's right. Yeah. Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Give me Arizona Cardinals plus the three. Yeah. You were doing guessing the lines, and look, I had the same sort of reaction you did, where I was like, who's favored by how many? And I get you have your priors, but man, if you just if you had amnesia and you only seen this season, Arizona hasn't just been the better team. They've been meaningfully better. Burrow can't move. Uh, this Arizona team is scrappy. They, they are, you know, just they played like an average team, but doesn't sound like a lot. But we expected them to be not only the worst team, but the worst team by a good margin. So um, I, I'm surprised by this line. I, I get the priors. I get that this was probably eight or nine in the summer, but I will take Arizona plus the three. It was my second biggest difference in a guess and an actual line when I guessed it on Monday in the history of guessing lines. So I had Arizona by one and a half <laughs> and it was Cincinnati by four and I was incredulous and I, I bet it at four. It's obviously three now. So I'm going to jump in. That's my number one pick two Arizona plus three. And again, could we be wrong? Sure. But Joe Burrow can't move and he's in shotgun and he every play and he can't move and Arizona as Eric just talked about uh, comported themselves very well, although in defeat against both Dallas and San Francisco. That team is so much better than we thought they were going to be. Uh, Josh Jobs arriving there like a second before the season started. Um, I don't get that. I just don't get that line. So Arizona plus three for me. Sorry to I jump. Mean, Arizona has played well, but let's be honest. When they're down 19 with 20 seconds to go on wide open passes at the two-yard line, they're the worst <laughs> team in the league. Yeah, that, uh, that, that, that did, did to be noted. The- 
I had Arizona Cardinal team total over 20 and a half, and all I needed was the backdoor easy touchdown. Dobbs right over the middle to Ertz at the two. He falls in the end zone, but he drops the ball. And then, of course, in the next play, they drop the ball in the end zone. So two drops to to crush my backdoor uh, covering. But the only reason I'm nervous about your Arizona, it looks so obvious. It looks sure. so obvious that Arizona plus three is the right thing to do here that it just scares the bejesus out of me. Because if I've learned anything betting in the National Football League over the years is when it looks that obvious, be very careful. Here was my notes for guessing lines on what you just talked about. I go, uh, let's see, 35-16, San, uh, San Francisco goes methodically, surgically, clinically downfield. 159 left, but spread still in doubt. Last two plays from the 15. Ertz drops a short touchdown pass. Then Zach Pascal can't make the catch in the corner of the end zone. What an escape for Niners backers and a brutal loss for Todd Wishnevin. Cards backers uh, everywhere. Just yeah. an absolute brutal loss. I mean, the second oh. one, the guy, that would have been a great catch if the guy would have made it. But the, but the Zach Ertz one, I mean, come on, Zach. They're giving you a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like this. It's like it's Plinko or something. All right, Todd, I stepped in front of you. What is your first best bet? My top pick. Uh, last week I did real nice with the unders. I'm going to go right back to the uh, the old proverbial uh, woodshed again, and I'm going to take the <laughs> under 43 in the Titans-Colts game. Um, I uh, Obviously, the Titans are a under – you know, they're set up to be an under team, good defense. They're going to try to run the ball constantly. Um, and, you know, that Colts game was kind of fugazi. They were losing 23 to nothing at the half. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, 23, 15 and here come the Colts and everything. I'm just not a real, I mean, sure. The Colts could be okay. Sure. Anthony Richardson can be fun and, 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 and all that. But now you're going up against Vrabel and Vrabel is good at cooking up Belichickian defensive goulashes for people. And I have a feeling he's going to, he's going to cook up a Belichickian goulash for, for young uh, Anthony Richardson. And they're just going to grind out a, a typical Titans type game that ends 20 to 16 or, you know, 21, 17 or something like that. And it's just going to be the Titans games just are. It's very hard for Titans games to go over, throw out the charger game. And the rest of the games this season have been purely Titan tightness, which is they're going to grind out minutes, you know, in the national football league, you can have eight minute drives with the Titans. It's no big deal. You're already at the third quarter is almost over already. The Titans are the, the if the, if the Titans were a, a a variable, the Chargers would be one divided by that variable. They're like the exact opposite teams. Yes. Like the Chargers, the Chargers disappoint <clears throat> you, and the and the Titans con consistently surprise you. That's exactly right. That's so true. And they do it both, and they do it both the exact opposite ways. One with high flying right. offense, the other with smoke and mirror defense. Um, I yeah. The one the one games are watchable. The other games you don't want to watch. That's right. You do if you have under seven and a half in the third quarter. We did an adjusted season win total segment on a numbers game this week, and my gut reaction was Cardinals over four and a half and Carolina under whatever they were. I think they were five and a half. But doing it the proper way, forget about my gut reaction, doing it the proper way, which is what was the result of last week's game, and then take what the adjusted season win total was before that game and look at what it is now. Did it adjust properly? The answer to the question about where the value is, 
may very well be the Tennessee Titans over eight and a half because they won that game against Cincinnati. Their season win total did not adjust at all. And if you look at their schedule, even if you're super conservative, if you do the whole win-loss, win-loss, win-loss thing, getting to nine ain't the most difficult thing in the world. Like, it's super plausible. So I think the Titans over is the best adjusted season win total out there, quite frankly. Uh, and By the way, speaking of those adjusted totals, I wanted to bet Arizona over four and a half, yeah. and I still might do it. But it's their schedule's not that easy, right? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be rough to get four more wins. Well, so that yeah, was my go well, actually. Oh, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and we've seen this song and dance before. Like the Bears last year were three and two, and then never won again, and they still haven't won again. Like the the teams that are like encouraging but not good that that should be tanking always almost always like Seattle's a, a, a counterexample, but the teams that like are encouraging but not good they almost always like get injured and then the the depth on the roster shows up like i wouldn't be surprised if the cardinals picked first and and in such a way where much like matt eberflus last year no one going into this offseason thought matt eberflus was going to get fired everybody's like oh cool on them for getting the first pick and justin fields looked great it was perfect right and then like obviously you know we've seen what happens like jonathan gannon has been very encouraging but i would not if like I would still bet on the Cardinals to be the first pick. Really? You, you think the work. Cardinals are going to have the worst, even worse than Carolina? Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? Okay. Well, Carolina has they're... zero incentive to pick first because it's not their pick. And, um, and neither does Houston. And so really it's like a two-team rate. I mean, you, you can kind of count the Giants, but the Giants aren't picking a quarterback because of Daniel Jones's contract. I, I still think like, the Bears are going to need some pride. Those guys don't want to get fired. And Arizona, like, Arizona's playing with house money already. So if they if they are competitive for another month and then the wheels fall off and they get the first pick and then Houston's pick, uh, it'll be this would be a really successful season. More successful than basically anybody but, like, the Super Bowl participants, frankly. It's interesting. Right now, uh, what Eric was alluding to, Chicago has both the first and second pick in the draft if it were to end in any order between Chicago and Carolina, that because of the Bryce Young trade or the trade for the number one pick that ended up being Bryce Young for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I was just talking about having the worst record, not having the first pick. I just, I just think Carolina is the worst team. They, they, may, they could be, but like, I think Arizona, I mean, look, Arizona pissed that game against the giants down their leg. Like in some ways they, and frankly, Dallas got into the red zone in what, like four of the, like the, or the last six drives or something like that in the game that they actually won. It was just like Dak, it was one of those Dak privilege yeah. games where he throws like five picks um, that happens four times a year. Like Arizona's <laughs> not trying to win. Like they're, they're competitive and they're not a joke, but make no mistake. They're not trying to win. Yeah. They, See, I don't know if I'd buy, I, I don't know if I'd buy that in the NFL as much as I do in some of the other sports as to these guys not trying to win. I think that's a well, little far. The, the players try be- to win. The coaches try to win. But when your quarterback is Josh Dobbs, like, what do you expect to have happen? You know, like, Josh Dobbs is, like, slightly better than Bryce Young right now, but no upside. So by season's end, Bryce Young should be better than Josh Dobbs, right? Like, Josh Dobbs is a perfect, like, go 1-16 quarterback, and but not be a, and but be able to evaluate your players. That's That's the perfect tank is, like, have the quarterback be good enough to learn that Zach Ertz can't catch anymore. Um, but also no, no, he's good during the game, just not in the last drive. <laughs> no, I, I think, but, but aren't we saying, I mean, I don't think the two things, I think both things are true. What Eric is saying is true, right? We talked about this NBA tank 
uh, Tankapalooza, which is it's never the players on the court. It's the construction of who you're playing at what times and that kind of thing. Right. Where like Rick Carlisle. I just think it's harder to control it, though. Yeah. But it's harder to no, control just it. Just finishing the thought. Yes. Finishing the thought that that. But the players on the field are always going to try. So I think the Cardinals have set it up for failure. But I think when they see the product on the field, they might be like, uh, wait a minute. Yeah. Like like why? Why did the Bears get the first pick that last year? The Bears got the first pick last year because they had a coach who ostensibly was safe in a in a first year Matt Eberflus. So in the final game against the Vikings. They play, uh, what's his name, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman's actually somewhat effective, so they put Tim Boyle in, right, just to make sure that game is a loss, whereas Lovey Smith in Houston is, like, not safe and wins that game and ends up getting fired. Like, so I, I you know, I don't necessarily know if, like, Jonathan Gannon, like, Jonathan Gannon's not going to get fired no matter what the Arizona Cardinals record is this year. Like, I, so I, I think that they're perfectly, it's perfectly acceptable, like, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Marquise Brown injury that's not really an injury. Uh, same thing for some of the O-linemen and D-linemen, and, and Buda Baker's already had a similar situation where he hasn't played yet. Like, I think the Cardinals, I'd be willing to bet that the Cardinals don't get the, the like, the Cardinals still get the first pick. Okay. So you th- are you betting under four and a half wins then, Eric? Oh, yeah. Easy. You would. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Do you, do you think Matt Eberflus gets fired if the Bears lose to the Commanders tonight? Um, the bears have never fired a coach mid season. If I'm not mistaken, that is correct. Um, there is a, so that's a trend. Um, the other part is, and I talked about this on my podcast with Thomas <laughs> yesterday, Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles have the same agent, Trace Armstrong and athletes first, like, same agency. Um, I don't think, I don't think they fire Eberflus as quickly as, as people believe. Okay. Um, my, we're snaking here. So my second pick is going to be. The Houston Texans. I think the wrong team is favored here. Um, I actually guessed Pickham on a numbers game, but Atlanta's a slight favorite here. I'll take the one and a half points on this. I think Houston's a better football team. I, I believe that the Atlanta Falcons are that team. You know, remember, Todd, how you had that year where you were just kept betting Tampa Bay overs and the market yeah. never adjusted. I right. think that's the case, at least here in the early season with the Atlanta Falcons. I think I bet against them at least two or three of these of these weeks so far. I didn't understand that line in London against Jacksonville. Um, I just, and my deep dive analysis is, has anybody seen Desmond Ritter play football yet? And I just don't think he's that, like, I don't know how they, Eric, you had a great tweet. I'm glad I even just, this triggered in my head. You had a great tweet this week. You'll be able to, to word it better than I will. Can you repeat what it was about, about Desmond Ritter? Because I think you, you contextualized it great. Why it said that he's not going to be able to hide behind a 1 p.m. slate? No, that you you said, <laughs> has there ever been a team? Oh, yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Has there ever? I mean, Sam Howell is like, was in this category until he showed that he's viable, which he is, I think. But like, has there ever been a team with aspirations that has gone into a season with a quarterback as bad as Desmond Ritter and no like young guy in the wing? I, it's been a long time. Like, it's been Deshaun Kaiser, maybe. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I loved it because people yeah, kept been coming. A long time. People kept coming with examples, and Eric kept shooting him down. Like, yeah, like, but he was better than. Yeah, like than Christian Ponder is better than Des, Desmond Ritter. Is better, like right. Deshaun Kaiser is probably better than him too. So it's actually like a really tough. It's actually hard to go go back. John, Be- your commies 
John Beck and Rex Grossman was probably the best answer in 2011, <laughs> the pre-RG3 year. Oh, God. Oh, I remember it Desmond well. Desmond Ritter was, was horrendous at Cincinnati. You know, yeah, these I when I start – when I say I hate Jordan Love because I didn't like him at Utah State, I couldn't stand Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. He wasn't good. He was just – he was a running quarterback, and they were, like, much better, and so that he would hit a guy wide open. He wasn't an NFL quarterback. I love how these teams, like Eric is saying, they come up with, oh, Desmond Ritter, he's going to be good this year. Why? Why, Gilly? Why, Why is Desmond Ritter going to be good this year? Yeah, he's not good. He's never been good. Well, and and by- a lot of like the a lot of the analysts thought. Like I remember specifically a tweet that said, "If you don't see it in Desmond Ritter, you don't know what you're looking for in a quarterback." And like that stuck in my because <laughs> I didn't see it. And like I watched him play Alabama, and I'm like, a lot of balls are getting batted down because he's a slow processor, and he's still a slow processor. Um, so I, I was apparently, I didn't know ball well enough to see it in Desmond yeah. Ritter. So it's been kind of fun to watch on I don't want to see somebody fail, but like, it's been interesting to be like, have it confirmed. That it's like, he's just a, he was an old college quarterback that played on a great team. And, and, and then when competition got better, he's been, at, he's terrible. So uh, it, it's, it's crazy, frankly, that Atlanta has gone into the year with him. As well, a quarterback. and then the other part of this is CJ Stroud has been everything that I thought he would be. This is why, by the way, I got killed on the NFL draft for the first time ever. I got beat on the NFL draft this year. And it was because I was so insistent. I was like, Carolina, they got to be trading to draft CJ Stroud. Like, what am I not seeing? And Bryce Young is too small. I mean, so far, everything that's happened in this NFL season so far has corroborated that. And the reason that I bet Carolina last winless, not only because of their schedules, because I thought Bryce Young would be overmatched. C.J. Stroud has been everything. Uh, like, I don't know, what was what happened between the college football season and the NFL draft that people convinced themselves C.J. Stroud wasn't the guy to pick number one? I, I like it was it. the S2, S2 right. cognitive test. Right. Right, something silly like that. But it does show you, by the way, like, and I, and I, you know, I, I do a my, Thomas Dimitros, my boss, he was a 12 year NFL GM, twice executive of the year. Like he's one of the best, but like the, it's not always that way, right? Like these teams make decisions and sometimes it's not even the GM. Sometimes it's the owner. Right. And so when the owner said, yeah. decides I like the cut of his jib, they're going to, they're going to draft him, Right. Like it's, it's as simple as that. Sometimes the cut of his, what did you say? It's jib. Cut of his jib. Cut of his jib. jib? I don't know yeah, that. That's like, a, that's like a, a phrase. Like I like the way he talks. I like oh, the way he. I never heard interacts. that expression. Wow. Yeah. I'm like. Miss- the other thing is, if you watch college football and you you look and you watch enough college football, Sam Howe at North Carolina looked like an NFL quarterback running an NFL offense. Yes. Desmond Ritter looked like a guy on a great college team not running an NFL offense, running a, a specifically college-looking offense. And I don't know why these guys can't see it. it it's, it's, it's unbelievable sometimes. It is the most – the NFL draft is the most inexact science we will ever see. It really is. Oh, and by the it's way, the Texans are beating are people up. What did you say, Will? It's strange how loyal they are to him, too. It's not like you pick the kid eighth in the draft. You pick them 74th. You took a flyer. It's not working. Like, they're sticking with him like they have – a lot invested with him, which is why I don't know if these are up yet. I would probably look to play an under prop for, for Ritter on Sunday, either passing yards, completions, whatever, maybe just all of them. If he throws an early pick, if he goes three and out a couple times, do we see – I mean, you got to figure we see Heineke at some Taylor point. Heineke. Maybe day. Taylor Heineke. They were talking about it on last week, right? Yeah. Which he's not the answer either, by the way, but he's he's okay. He can, but they'll, they'll win okay. football games with him. They will. They'll win their share. 
Uh, anyway, the easiest schedule in the NFL per Sumer Sports the rest of the year. By the way, I'm glad you brought that up, Eric, because the last thing I wanted to say about the season win totals discussion where I was like, okay, my instincts were Carolina under, Arizona over, but if I did it by lack of adjustment, Tennessee over is actually the best season win total. The other instinct was, oh, these NFC South teams, like Atlanta's nine and a half. I mean, that's got to be an under. But then you look at their schedule and you're like, I'm not betting that. Like They, could they win. just went through the, the yeah. tough stretch of their schedule yeah. in, a weird, in the craziest way. Green Bay, um, you know, Jacksonville, and I can't remember who they lost to. Detroit, that's the, that's the hard stretch of their schedule. Yeah. It's insane. Anyway, I do like Houston here. I know it's not the deepest dive analysis, but uh, as long as the wrong team is favored, I'll take the Texans as my number two. Todd? Arizona being my number one. By the way, the Houston won that game without a white up back running back a touchdown. That's another key factor. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. that uh, that happened. Todd, Todd, okay, we, we mentioned this last week, but Todd and I spent an inordinate amount of time that Sunday night. Todd was was so messed up about the fact that uh, what was the guy's name? Beck, Andrew Beck, had had fumbled that punt and ran it back for a punt it return. Goes. Kickoff, correct. Kickoff, kickoff. That's correct. It was a kickoff. Ran back a kickoff for a touchdown. Um, that we found out all kinds of stats about historically about punts and kickoffs, namely that Devin Hester returned fourteen kickoffs, was it, or punts to the and house? And the other thing we found out was white guys who are upbacks don't run back kickoffs. That's what you. I found. think we found that out. I think you found that out. That's what you were. That's what you were searching <laughs> for. All right, what's your number two pick, Todd? My number two pick is going to be the under 40, what do you got, 45 in the Dallas game? Is that what you have? Yes, sir. 45, yes. Under 45 in the Dallas game. Okay, so here's the thing. You know, all of a sudden, everyone wants to anoint the Purdy, the greatest guy ever. Let, let's be honest. They've done a tremendous job, the coaching staff, and putting him in positions to look good. They've got 8 million amazing players. McCaffrey, Ayoke, Sam, you know, the Kittle. They could just throw it all over the place. Amazing, amazing, amazing. They have not exactly played the toughest defensive, uh, you know, Got teams. Some of these teams are, are pretty bad on defense that they've been just going up and down the field against. So I think this week, this game could look a lot like the playoff game. I believe the playoff game was it 17 10? What was the final in that playoff game last year when they played each other? It was 20 it was a pretty, 20, Yeah, it was, it was kind of a low scoring. I think we're going to see more of that. I think Purdy, they're, they're not going to be able to just do whatever they want on offense because, hey, we're just rolling it out here and we're the Niners. We're going to score a million points. I think finally they're going to be challenged on defense. And on the other side, Dallas can't get a touchdown inside the 20. Inside the 20-yard line, the Dallas Cowboys cannot move the football. And again, it's not like they won that game last week because they played so well on offense. They won because Mac Jones gave them the game. And now, granted, they probably would have won the game anyways, but they're not some juggernaut offensive team that gets inside the 20 and then just punch it in. No, they have problems punching the ball in. And the Niners' defense is good enough, I guarantee you, to give Dallas a lot of trouble getting the ball in if they get in the red zone again. So 45 is kind of on the highish side this year. I think it's too many points. I think uh, under 45, we see like a 24-20 game or a 2017 game. You know, under 45, I, it's too many points. Are we um, Are we just waving off the Brock Purdy thing? Like, in other words, I get I it. He's surrounded by Wait, great he's players. Playing. But, like, uh, did you see that Brian Baldinger thing on Twitter this week where he was just gushing, 
gushing over Brock Purdy's decision making and his quick his quick decision making and all the things he does on a football field. I'm just wondering like if if he will go down. I know Tom Brady was a six round pick, so currently he's the worst ever assessed draft pick in the history of drafts, I guess. But like Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft. I wonder if he will be known as something akin to that one day. Yeah, I mean I think, I think Jimmy think probably Tony Romo being yeah. undrafted, one. Yeah. Um, there, there, there are other, uh, there are other players that aren't Tom Brady like that are probably going to be, but yeah, if you throw Brady out, he's close. If he continues, Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. Warner, sure. By the way, Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl with that coaching staff, and now we take that coaching staff away from him, and Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden <laughs> is not exactly Garoppolo anymore. He's more like Garoppolo. Okay, I don't know. So what's... to me. I was going to say, I don't know if he'll win, but he'll get MVP votes. And I think he is live to win. I think that team's like a 13, 14 win team. He he will get MVP votes. Yeah. I just bet him. I was telling Will. I just bet Brock Purdy offensive player of the year at 75 to one. So while everybody's zigging, I'm zagging on this. I know it's like we. By the way, he might be the best, Gilly. I'm not saying he, yeah. he might not turn into have one of the greatest NFL seasons because of the scenario that he's put in. Yeah. He's got a great coaching staff. He's got amazing things next to him. I just don't think he's, he's this, you know, I think it's more because of that than he's just so great. I think if you punched in Kenny Pickett on the Niners, all of a sudden people would be like, wow, Kenny Pickett looks decent. Easy. You know? Easy. I don't know. Easy. Easy. I'm not saying you'd be good. Yeah. My point is, that a lot more of these these quarterback play has to do with you know everyone yeah. killed Daniel Jones right me and you, I was just going to say no if you put Purdy on the Giants what would he look like I I agree with that a little bit Daniel Jones is not that bad you if you have zero point zero seconds no. to throw the ball you're going to get sacked no there's no question that Todd Todd love you to death Dan Daniel Jones sucks like <laughs> the, the end this thing right Eric, here maybe like, I'm going Eric maybe I'm going like, a little far with Daniel Jones yeah I'm like, just saying the <laughs> If you put Kirk Cousins on this on this Niners team, they're unstoppable. Yeah. That's a, probably a better go. point. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's a great point. Maybe I'm going no. a little far with Daniel Jones. My point. I was just using Daniel Jones as the example of there was nothing he could do the other night to play well. No, but right? there's there's, <laughs> there's no question that football is the sport where you're most dependent on your teammates. Right? Basketball. If you have talent, you have talent. You're going to shine. Um, and and what it makes for is these endlessly unsolvable hypotheticals, right? right? right. That we can discuss forever. Like I always used to say, if Peyton Manning was drafted by Washington and had a different coordinator every single year, would we have known him as Peyton Manning in the end? Here he had a he had pedigree because he had his dad. Would he have been better than Suckitude? Probably, but he wouldn't have (laughs) won anything. Um, and, and I can't prove that. Right. But I just know from watching Washington, it also works in reverse. Like we think of a lot of guys as just having horrible careers. Well, we don't know. Like what was Will? Will, I think it was you who said, if you put Mac Jones on the Dolphins, was this you who said this? And you put Tua on the Patriots. What does that look like? I don't know. Yes. Yes, because I've always like, look, he's got video game numbers and we, he's an interest. He's a really polarizing player, too. But I don't know, like, if you put him on the Giants or, um, I, I don't know, what's a random team? 2021 Dolphins? Say again. Yeah, Tua. If you put Tua on the 2021 Dolphins, he sucks. 
Yeah. Yeah, good point. Good way of putting it. And Fitzpatrick always came in and played well. That was to his rookie year, right? So it, it's fascinating. It really is interesting that he's so he's so well set up there. All right. Well, if you put two on the Giants, he would be dead. He would literally be dead. Brain damage or dead. Okay. All right. We don't need a whole medical report on it. Well, I'm explaining uh, yeah. that if you get sacked enough times, you're going to die. I know. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, did you already give your number two pick? Where are we? I can't even remember anymore. I just gave him yeah, the right. Will, Will what's Will's your number two? I will stick that with, with that same game. No, you know what? Yeah, I'll stick with the same game. I'll take Dallas plus the three and a half. I just, mm. I had San Francisco in the playoff game last year, and I won it. I just felt like I was on the wrong side. I thought Dallas really outplayed him for large stretches of that game. Dak threw a couple bad interceptions. Dallas dropped, I think, one or two interceptions. I think one of them they were about to run in. Remember, Pollard got hurt. Uh, the, the Dallas had kicking issues. I just think this is like a, a, a grinded out 23-20 type of game. Remember, I think the summer line on this was basically a pick 'em. So, I mean. I know San Francisco's good, but beating the Cardinals, the Rams, the Giants, the Steelers, are we upgrading them by four points? I think it's too much. I'll, I'll take the points here. Okay. Uh, Eric, you get you get your second and your third because we're snaking here. For sure. I'm going to take over 44.5 in tonight's game. Ooh, okay. Washington, Chicago. I think the two things that really make this offense, the both of these offenses suck, is that both quarterbacks – have incredibly high sack rates. Sam Howell, that was the one thing, Todd, when you were talking about, he did look like an NFL quarterback, except for the sack rates at North Carolina. They were high, and they've stayed high. Uh, Justin Fields is the same thing in Chicago. That Be that as it may, Chicago has like 20, like 21 sacks in the last like 21 games or something. It, it's, it's incredible how bad they are at rushing the passer. Washington's a tad better. But Fields also has the escapability, the, the ability to hit a 70-yard play. DJ Moore is, you know, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, all of them, you know, Curtis Samuel. And then the running backs in this game are actually pretty explosive. I actually like over in this game, uh, it, it won't be 12-7 like last year's game. Oh, who could forget that classic? Yeah. All right, what's your other one? My other one, actually, <laughs> this is going to go against literally everything we just talked about probably like 15 <laughs> minutes ago. Minus one is too low for Atlanta. Um, priors matter. Uh, Atlanta's really good, I think, at both lines of scrimmages, right? Offense, I, my boss Thomas drafted that whole line. Um, defensively, they have Anyamata, Campbell, you know, Bud Dupree's been fine. Like they, and defensively, like Jesse Bates is like picked off rookies, like basically his whole career. Uh, and now he's in Atlanta. Like I make the game actually three. Um, even even after adjusting my priors down on Atlanta and up on Houston, um, I think at some point, uh, front, you know, at some point the the injuries which are getting better for Houston on both uh, lines of scrimmages do have to count, and I think they do count here against Arthur Smith and the Falcons. That's what we were. By the way, Drew Densick was on. He'll be on the Megapod here in the coming weeks. But he was on uh, on a numbers game earlier this week, and he was saying the biggest. And I thought it was a really good point. The biggest issues with handicapping the NFL thus far this season is that cluster injuries haven't manifested. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of paraphrase it that way. That like teams that have suffered a lot of injuries, like Seattle on their offensive line, they just seem to overcome it. And Ravens. So, yeah, Ravens. right. Ravens just keep, just play through all their injuries. So, um, all right, we're oppo. Me and Eric are oppo on that one. God help us both. Um, Will, I, I, I don't like your pick either, Gilly, just because the Texans looked so good against Pittsburgh. 
I mean, I don't like Atlanta either, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay off. Well, of you that, know, you know what? I didn't really ask your opinion. How about that? I didn't really care to know what you thought no about problem. it. Huh. No problem. All right. It's Will's turn, by the way. It's not your turn. Wait, it's Will's turn. But one second, we're. I think we're hearing something from Atlanta. Oh. Do you hear that? There we go. Ritter, <laughs> Ritter back to pass in a 17-all game. A minute and a half to go. That's in the corner. Touchdown, Falcons. They're going to get out of here with a W. That's where they, the, the autism always kicks in at some point during the show. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right, Will, what do you got? By the way, have you Four watched? Have I, have I brought this up? On, I think I brought it up on a numbers game, but not on on this podcast. Have you w- watched on Netflix "Love on the Spectrum"? Have you watched that at all? I haven't. It is so it is. heartwarming and life affirming. Like, the, the, it's just this genuine. So there's all kinds of people on the spectrum, and this is genuine search for love, and it comes from this innocence. This place of innocence that is so pure and so heartwarming. Like there's one, there's one guy on there that I just want to hang out with him all day long. It's just I couldn't recommend it enough. Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. There's mine. It's about football players who are artistic. No, that's nothing to do with football. I'm sorry. It's uh, nothing to do with that. It's my documentary. Is it about Bryce Love, the former running back for Stanford? Oh, uh, dude, can I just tell you that he was with Washington. I, I'm a firm believer that him playing hurt at Stanford ruined Terrible. his football career. He oh, was... easily. I think that that's a – yeah, he, he would have been an NIL hero, and instead he got kind of screwed. Oh, he was so good. So good. I remember, I remember betting them on a Friday night game. It was maybe Stanford or something. He just ran wild. He was, he was incredible. He was incredible. Incredible. All right, anyway. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers plus four. This is a lot of points for a Steelers-Ravens game. These games are always close. They're always low scoring. Tomlin's great as a dog. He's great off of a loss. Uh, if you watch the press conference, he says, hey, changes are coming. He was he was annoyed with how they played against Houston, so you're buying low here. Uh, I just feel like all these games end 17-14, 20-17. Give me the Steelers plus four. Does any, anyone on this podcast know what that would sound like in Pittsburgh on Sunday if the Steelers are able to rally and win this game or, or cover this number? I have a feeling, but first, my biggest issue is where Ian's going to park down there. You can't park anywhere down near the stadium unless you've got the special passes at the Rivers Casino. So you better get yourself some passes. Otherwise, I don't know how you're going to eat your lunch meal. I don't know how you're going to eat your dinner meal. You're not going to have any time because you're going to be walking a mile to get back to your car and that. Sure, the game's going to end 2017. Will's going to go home happy and all. But I'm not sure that Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be on the right side of things. That's all I'll say. You had to ask. Todd, Todd, the the real question about the Steelers, though, is that you interacted on Twitter with at Danny Football 77, who appears to be the burner for Matt Canada. (laughs) (laughs) You guys heard about this, right? No, no. Are you serious? Yeah, I heard he did a a burner, I heard. So somebody did one of those, like, you know, uh, password recovery things, and it, like, you know, it gives the email, but with, like, certain things, you know, asterisked out. And it was, like, you know, M asterisk c asterisk at s t and then a bunch of asterisks.com and it's so it's matt canada it's like he signed up for a twitter burner under his like n- dot nfl dot steelers dot nfl email and so people and like the guy is the guy is tweeting through it every like he he's out there calling the raiders oakland he, i mean he's a it's an amazing todd you got to get in this guy's mentions tell him to start giving the giving the ball to george pickens more 
Oh no, I heard I heard about this that and I heard that he signed up with his own email address, which is the funniest part of the whole story. Wow. All right, Todd. What's that, your, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's the whole like Rob Pozzola, we we you know, how do you bet real money on this league when you know that the actors are, you know, relatively clownish sometimes. Yeah. We could say that about a lot of sports. Dodd, what's your next one? Um, my third, my third pick is going to be one more under. Um, it's going to be the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets under forty-three and a half. Is that what you guys have? Uh, checking. Doop uh, ba doop ba doop ba boop. Yep, forty-three and a half. Well, okay. Well, hold on. Is that yeah, what I yeah, yeah. More forty-three and a half than forty-threes. You're right. I'm going to go with 43 and a half under in the Jets game. Okay. Fool me once, my fault. Fool me twice, your fault. Fool me three times, the other guy's fault. Whatever they say about that whole thing about whose fault <laughs> I, it is when I you fool them. I think it's shame on you, shame on me, but sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, point, the point that I'm trying to make is mazel tough to Mr. Zach Wilson for moving the ball. Mazel tough, congratulations, whatever language you want to say it in, I'm happy for you, Mr. Wilson, that you finally moved the ball a little bit. I'm not sold, okay? <laughs> I still don't think you're any good. I still don't think the Jets are any good on offense. They're a defensive football team. They might come out uh, and win the game in Denver against an uh, in incredibly pathetic defense um, at Denver, but come on, Zach Wilson, just because you played tough in front of the Swifties doesn't mean you're going to be able to play good, you know, on the road now in Denver. And I think Robert Sala and everybody in Jets world knows that. And they're going to play real close to the vest and say, look, we have the best unit on the field. What's the best unit on the field? The Jets' defense is the best unit on the field. Let's let our defense win it. Let's go back to John Fox football. Don't make a mistake. Finish 9-7. and seven. Let the other team lose the game to you. Jets win one of those grinded-out 21-17 games. And let's stick our saris in a sack. It's not time yet, Mr. Zach Wilson, for you to be anointed uh, an actual NFL quarterback because you played good a little bit, you know, Give me a break. Under 43 and a half Jets. Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico bent oh, over backwards <laughs> trying to praise Zach Wilson no matter what he did. Like the slightest oh, good Zach, thing. Unbelievable. What a play, Zach, on that little swing pass. I've never seen a better swing pass. Yeah. They were talking about Zach Wilson like like parents whose like kid is 40 years old living at home talk about their kid. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. Exactly. My, mom did so well today. My mom does that still, so, you know, go ahead. Zachy was able to drive his way to the grocery store today. Like, I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, Tennessee is my final one. I'm taking the Titans. Um, again, everything we said about the Titans before. I'm looking at the Colts injury report right now. This is from yesterday's practice, Wednesday. Mo Alley-Cox did not practice. DeForest Buckner did not practice. Shaq Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Quiddy Pay. Tyquan Lewis. I mean, it's a, they are, and we don't know about Jonathan Taylor. I don't think is going to play here, but he hasn't been ruled out yet by Shane Steichen. So I'm not sure what Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor's status is. Um, but I that Moss guy is good. Zach Moss is very Zach Moss is quite good. Um, I, I just like the Titans here again. I, I think this is 
This is a, a team that is not fun to watch. I don't know how much of their shellacking of the Bengals they can get credit for because, again, Burrow was not really mobile at all. But you got to give them some credit. And as we were talk talking about earlier, and Eric, I think, said it best, they are the opposite of whatever the Chargers are. They're the opposite of them. It's, it's hard to watch them play. Just when you think they suck beyond belief, they come up with a great game. This was a team that was the number one seed in the AFC two seasons ago. And they didn't were that year they didn't have Derrick Henry for most of the year. Uh they had other injuries. I can't it slipped my mind right they now. They set the NFL record for most players to be active for a game in twenty twenty one. But like due to injuries. Due to injuries, right. Um and they, then they sack Joe Burrow nine times in that go nine times in that game, and they still lose because Tannehill throws that horrible pick late. Um, anyway, getting back to the point, I don't think Indianapolis, despite their great comeback last week, um, was great. But they were down 23 points to the Rams before losing to them in overtime. I just I think Tennessee is the uh, is the right side here, and those injuries for the Colts sort of makes it a slam dunk for me. So Tennessee is Tennessee my, minus two, right? Is that what you have? Tennessee, Tennessee minus. minus uh, Minus two. That's what Bookmaker has to minus, minus two. two. Correct. Minus two. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Which brings us to our teaser of the week. Um, if you had to play one two-leg six-point teaser, Eric, what would it be this week? Well, I think you have to go... I'm I'm I know Todd and I have argued about teasers before, so this this might be fun. But I'm by the book, literally. Yeah, what, did, what, did uh, so wait, go, what did we argue about? What did we argue well, about? I, I I just I don't think teasers are, and I don't want to kill this. I I unless you tease through three and seven, I think teasers are quite overrated, right? So I'm gonna go with Colts up to eight and a half. Is that right? Colts up to eight and a half, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, no, Todd's no. Jets out to seven and a half. No, be Colts up to eight. Okay, yeah, I'll do that still, and then I'll do Jets out to. Yeah, I'll do Jets, Jets out, out to, to eight. Also to eight. Yeah, out to eight. So two two ones out to eight. Wait, what do you mean Jets out to eight? Jets Jets well, are getting Jets? two right now, so they'd be getting eight. Yeah, oh, I'm so looking, you get oh, them out to I'm eight. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong week. That helps. And then you get Colts. Pinnacle has yeah. Colts at plus two and a half, but it just depends upon the book. You yeah. try to get to eight and a half, um, and then 
you're not going to get an eight and a half with with the Jets, I don't think. But you can get them at seven and a half, eight, which I think is is good. So take those two. I agree. I don't with remember you. us I, arguing. About yeah, that. Were I, we arguing about that. Yeah, I agree with you. Eric. I think it was like two years ago, maybe like the first time we met. Like I think you were doing like three legged teasers, and I'm like, I was just like, oh, that ten. I don't, know. Point I don't know if there's again. enough like hours in the day for me to do those teasers. <laughs> did Did you leave that show, Eric? And where you're like, God, I'm never coming on that show again. Jesus, that guy. You guys are delightful. No, I, it was fun. I just remember that was like the one point of contention during that that first show I did with you guys. Todd, likes I haven't it. even. I, I did those three two years ago. It's funny. I went seven and two, and I stopped doing them. But anyways, what were you gonna say, Gilly? Todd likes to scrap with the guests. I like to. Well, I like to. I like to scrap with everybody because otherwise, it's it's just too bland. Everyone's just, oh yeah, you're yes, I love your pick. No, 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 I love your pick. No, your pick's nicer than my pick. <laughs> It was the old famous one with Dr. Bob where we thought you were impolite with Dr. Bob. And he was like, ah, God's great. Exactly. Like, yeah, what else are you going to say? All right. Uh, Will, what do you like? Before we get to that, I I do have – we we have Steve Fezzik live tweeting the Megapod. He asked me a question. I said, I'm doing the Megapod. And his response, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. So – Oh, that is, uh, he wants a song. Finished. He wants you to sing, Todd. That's what he's saying. I don't like when people prompt me to sing. That, that okay, no, ruins reporting. It has to be spontaneous. Anytime, by the way, anytime you can make is your best bet, the uh, a team favored by double digits at the worst possible number it's been all week, you have to, right? <laughs> like, good rep there, Steve. No, he just wanted Todd to sing the Miami Dolphins fight yeah. song. Oh, was, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny because I the way, read Eric, it in his one voice. thing I remember all of us having a problem with you, one of the shows, but you ended up being right. We were all wrong, and you were actually right. About? It was the Kansas City Chiefs. You came on. The Kansas City Chiefs had looked like absolute dog crap. No, that was the entire Aaron. season. That was Aaron Shots. That was Aaron Shots. No, it Schatz. wasn't Aaron Shots. It was Eric. I remember this 100%. I think it was me because like, I'm, I'm a little biased. Like I'm in Minnesota this week to watch the Chiefs, and, and I said, like, look, they're still number one in my power ratings, and you guys are all like, "What the?" Yeah, you know, and then yes, they end up getting right they end up hosting the conference title game again. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that that was still the worst Chiefs team of the Mahomes era. I don't think it's close either. No, but I remember it specifically because the Chiefs looked so bad the first couple of weeks, and we were all like, "Eric, you're you're on crack," and you ended up being right on that one. So, anyways, hmm. Hmm. Um, all right, I do. <clears> I do remember that. It's funny that I don't attribute that to Eric, that I attribute it to Aaron Schatz. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we were turn this in on teasers. We were mistaken on that one, for sure. I'm going, it's me. I will go Texans, Falcons. I think that's a toss up game. I'll take the Texans up to eight. I can go a few different ways here. I'll take the Jets up to eight and a half. That should be a close game, ugly, low scoring, like Todd said. So, Jets, Texans will be the two team teaser. That is mine. That is also mine. Texans, Texans, Jets. Wait, let me. Texans plus seven and a half and Jets plus eight. Mark me down for that one too, Toddy. Okay. And so um, Gil takes the same one for his will. Which means, Will, you're toast on that one because I can't win any of these. Sorry. Apologize. By the way, I've really liked how the Houston Texans have looked this year, but I do think that that they they have a comeuppance game. You know, on the road, they finally have some problems. Even though I can't stand Atlanta, I just feel like this is the week that you know. I think I think you have a comeuppance game. That's what I think. I think you have a okay. comeuppance game. It's possible. It's, no. pop, it's possible. It's happened before. <laughs> um, right. Okay, my I'm going to take on my teaser. I'm going to take the Jets too. I like the Jets plus the eight. I uh, even though I don't believe in Mr. Zach Wilson, I still think they'll find a way to keep this game close. 
And then I'm going to, for my second teaser leg, I was thinking about the Saints. I don't trust them. I was thinking about the the uh, Houston is probably the way to go, but just because everybody already picked that, and Eric said that I like to do crazy teaser legs, which I almost rarely never do, I'm going to do a, rare, a crazy teaser leg, and that is I'm going to take the Yinzers, Don, and Akersher, plus how many? You're getting 10 and a half in a Raven store game? Are you out of your mind? Stores plus 10 and a half in that. In that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you're getting the four and a half with Pitt. I'm seeing a lot of fours. I'll, I'd love to have the four and a half. Oh, here. oh, wait, oh, wait, wait, hang on. Mm. Uh, I, I see, the four I see four and a half. Yeah. Four okay, and so halves. I get four. I get four and a half on Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. So Will gets four okay. and a half on his Pittsburgh, and uh, and I'll take uh, Pittsburgh plus ten and a half, even though that's a wackadoodle teaser. But of course, everyone knows there's the new key number of ten. <clears throat> All right, uh, Survivor, as I mentioned, I think I'm taking the, sh the uh, Washington Commanders because, again, the two Survivor entries that I have left out of my opening five happen to end up being the chalky ones. And so as a result of that, I got to take a shot here, and I got to be okay with running the plane into the side of the mountain and losing on this. But I'm going to take Washington on both of mine. Are any of you in a Survivor? Eric, are you still alive in a Survivor, or did you ever play Survivor? I had I had one uh, my, with my group. I I lost as many people did on the the Jags against Houston. Yes, um, so I, I think that's my play. And again, I've got confluence of events: Eberflus, Carolina last winless. So I'm hoping for a Washington win here. Uh, By the way, what did, can we ask Eric what he thinks about the Philadelphia Eagles giving up all those points to Washington? Because you do bring up Washington here. I want to hear what he thinks about that. I was very surprised that the Eagles allowed them to score as much as they did. What are your thoughts on Eagles defense? Who, Todd, who, like, good question. Who is the best team that, th that Philly beat last year at full strength? Mm, I'd have to look at the schedule, but uh, did they Detroit, beat Dallas? Maybe, maybe. I don't even Week one, Detroit, right? They beat oh, Dallas right. when Dallas was starting Cooper Rush. That's right. They beat the the Niners when they had, you know, Christian McCaffrey playing running back. The the Eagles lost both coordinators. And on, on defense, they got, like, career years out of James Bradbury. Like, a bunch of fluky stuff on that defense. I, I think that I, I think that the Eagles have, are one of the – this sounds silly, but, like, one of the worst 4-0 teams that we've seen in a while. And I think defensively it's especially bad – um, Kirk Cousins kind of did whatever he wanted to in week two against them in the second half of that game. Uh, Sam Howell, the same thing in the second half of this past game. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to be bad. They might still win that division, but like, it's not, it's been an inauspicious start despite this, despite the record. Do you think, here's my follow-up. Do you think with like Philly and Cincinnati, Philly, they just on their choice decided not to play players in the, uh, in the preseason. And then Cincinnati obviously had the Burrow injury. Um, but also, as a result, like, they didn't play guys. Do you, do you think, like, and both of those teams look completely different from what they were last year. And it, and it feels like they can't recapture. I know it's only four games. Maybe they will. But it feels like both teams cannot recapture whatever Ooh, magic. You're putting the Bengals in the same category as the Eagles. I think that's a little far. Yeah, I think the Bengals have been that kind of team. The Eagles haven't been that well, bad. No, if you watch that game against Washington, like Jalen Hurts and the receivers were not really in sync either. Yeah, it's a great okay, question because Gil, like, answer this because I said I think I said this on your show when I was in person in August. Who's the best NFC quarterback? Uh, Jalen Hurts over Dak, I would say. 
Yeah. See, I, I, I've maintained my, my, my truth, my truth guys, yeah. uh, that Dak has been the best quarterback in the NFC for two years. It's just that we got a blip from Jalen hurts. Interesting. And like, interesting. I think that it's probably like you take away some, uh, he looks slow. Like the Tampa Bay game. I, I mean, I went to that Eagles Vikings game in person. He looked like he doesn't turn the corner the same way he does. He used to, he's, he's always been a deliberate processor, but guys are so wide open last year. It didn't matter. I think that you're just seeing kind of the water level stabilized for the Eagles as a good, like very good, like an NFC good team, but like not, I mean, we're not, I don't think that they're like this juggernaut. Like, and last year they, they had a lot of impressive wins, but you know, I mean, Washington went eight and eight, eight, eight and one last year with a similar schedule, New York, we talk about how bad the giants are. That team went nine, seven and one with that schedule last year. Like, I think things are getting fairer for the Eagles and we're starting to see like questions pop up that I think are natural for them. It's pretty interesting. So now so, go ahead. Todd. Go ahead. Can, can, so, so my follow-up and the reason I bring up this thing about the Eagles, cause I agree with you. I think the Eagles defense and their offense doesn't look as good either, but I wanted to see what you, what you had to say. So you're, you're confirming my, my doubts on the Eagles. And the reason I bring this up is because the Detroit lions I think they're better than people realize. And I, I don't know if they can beat the Niners on the NFC, but I think they could pull an upset against the Eagles. Do you think that the Lions are a, a maybe a, one of those, like, uh, like, what do they call those teams that are like, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Gil? Yeah, like sleeper. Uh, you know, like like a, Gil, what did, sleeper, I think I right. said Lions-Bills is my Super Bowl pick. Did I not when I came yeah. to your show? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I didn't even know that. So you so you agree with me that the Lions look a lot better than people realize? Yeah, I mean they they're not perfect. When your quarterback's Jared Goff, it's kind of like Dak, right? Dak's an amazing quarterback who five times a year goes six innings, gives up nine runs, right? Like that's who he is. And I think Goff has had that game against Seattle where he threw the pick six and stuff. The defense is a lot better if they stay healthy. I think Detroit is like firmly in the second tier of the NFC, but like the Playoffs are noise, right? L.A. wasn't the best team in the NFC two years ago. Like, I think Detroit very very well could steal, and especially in a division where Minnesota stinks, Chicago stinks, Green Bay is maybe okay at best. They just kicked their ass. So, like, um, you know, you look at San Francisco having to play with Seattle, um, Dallas and Philly playing against each other. Like, I think there's a path to the one seed even for the Detroit Lions, even if they're not the best team in the NFC. Yeah, but I laid minus 200 with the Lions to uh, to win that division. I think Minnesota's probably about to be one and four. Chicago, you can cross off. They just won in Green Bay, the Lions did. I mean, that, that minus, people don't want to lay minus 200 and, and tie up their money for all these months, but I could see that being like minus 600 in a few weeks. That feels... Well, I laid 170. That feels... Right? Yeah, that feels well, like a... Look at you. <laughs> look at you. Better than you. That feels like a, better. That feels like a better bet than everybody who took Jacksonville pre-flop to win the AFC South at least right at the moment, that looks like a better bet. Uh, and by the way, back yeah. to Philly for a second. So if they call the Terry McLaurin overtime catch differently, which they probably should have because I saw green in between his uh, toe and the, and the line, maybe Washington beats Philly. Remember the first game of the year, they had that big lead against New England, which they got largely on turnovers, then almost gacked that game, probably should have gacked that game uh, against Minnesota, against New England. And think about what we know about New England now. Minnesota, they won by one score. And then even Tampa Bay, which they beat by 17. If you remember, until the very end of the first half, 
that game was nip and tuck. And then Philly got that Dude, but third and By the way, the long. Vikings game, you, for, you forgot the guy fumbled at the one-yard line at the end yep. of the half. That would have been a completely different game. You're right. I did forget the details of that. You're right. Yes, it would have been. So to, to Eric's point about the Eagles, before we get to the final two questions, I want to ask Eric one last question, which is through four weeks, I'm not going to ask you about what your, 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 your priors were most wrong on because there's still a lot to lay out. But what are the teams that you feel like you have the least handle on through four weeks? Like you're like, I still don't know what this team is. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're bad. I don't know what. I'm pretty sure Miami's good, but I don't know if they're – I don't know if they're under a field goal underdog in Buffalo good. So that's the one team – when I made my when I made my numbers for week four, it, before week three, I remember writing down in my notes like I'm too low on Miami. And then ultimately I felt good about, you know, they go 70 points and then they lose to Buffalo. I think that Miami is a team that always flummoxes me for the exact same things we just talked about earlier in the show, which is like, I don't know, like there's a breaking point. There's a threshold with Tua Tungavailoa where if he's playing a team like he's playing this week, I think he's going to fillet them. But if he's playing a real team, like we've always seen him crumble. So that's a team that I'm a little, like, I don't know where that line is. Like, what is the threshold? Because he can clearly roast a good Chargers team, but he can't a Bills team. So where is is it? Where is that line? That's the line is where he is extremely volatile. I agree he's going to beat the crap teams. But when he goes against a good team, he takes it in the keister. He's really not that elite at all. There it is. Steve Fezzik's request coming through. All right, final two questions. By the way, is there another team besides Miami, or is that the one that the one that you would seize on? There's not any other team that you like. You're like, I have Eric, no idea. how about the Colts? Aren't they kind of like very hard to figure out? Yeah, they're hard to figure out, but I think that we knew like Shane Steichen made Justin or Justin Herbert rookie of the year and Jalen Hurts Super Bowl quarterback. Anthony Richardson's the combination of both those guys at the best. So we knew that this was like the Colts could be spunky this year. Um, everybody in that division's two and two. That makes sense to me, honestly. Um, I'm trying to think of the the team I can't figure out. Green Bay is a team I can't figure out. Like I, I think that um, we everybody sharp square anybody like liked Green Bay going into the year weirdly, right? And and I think that like we're verified in the fact they're probably better than a seven and a half win team, but like how much better is a real, is a real question. I think. Yeah. I think you could have answered like with a quarter, a quarter of the league to that question. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I have an irrational hate for Jordan love, so I don't think they're good. All right. Final two questions. First one, which of the big favorites is the most likely to lose outright? <laughs> we'll do two double digits here and a two, a couple North of six, one, Let's take the Commanders. The Commanders are six right now, hosting the Bears tonight on Thursday Night Football. The Lions are 10-point favorites at home, hosting the Panthers. The Dolphins are 12-point favorites, or thereabouts, hosting the Giants. And the only other one, again, um, that's anywhere close to that. Are those the only three that are above six? Chiefs is four. Minnesota was plus six, but then that that got bet down. Minnesota in Kansas City was plus six. Well, I well, I'm, I hope Washington's not the automatic answer here. But if it's between Washington hosting the Bears, the uh, the Dolphins hosting the Giants, and the Lions hosting the Panthers, who's the most likely to lose outright, Eric? Of these teams, 
I get I just saying the praise. It is Washington, right? It is Washington. Um, yeah. But the but I can't I could see Detroit losing this game, right? Like Detroit, you know, kind of got run all over by Carolina last year with the chance to make the playoffs in December or yeah, December. Um, I think that they handle business. Um, they've been very professional in their wins over the past two weeks and frankly against the Chiefs in week one. Um, but yeah, I, I just probabilistically, um, I could see any of these teams losing, but I, th- I think Washington's obviously the most likely. Yeah. Washington for me, for sure. Will, Washington? Definitely Washington. Wonky Thursday night game. Fields maybe can go crazy. Yeah. Uh, Washington. Yeah, I got him in Survivor. Dodd, Washington? I'll agree. Yeah. It's kind of an unfair question because they're almost half the spread, but yeah, that's them. Okay. Eric, do you do any in-game stuff, Eric? I, I have in the past, for sure. Uh, especially, like, I mean, you're, you're going to get to my real degeneracy, CFL. Uh, the books do not do not price in-game there as, nearly as well. Oh, really? Um, but, yeah, NFL, too. I mean, you have to – Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And um, there are – the NFL is so spiky that, like, there's so many opportunities to, like, get off a bad bet uh, in-game. I didn't know you were betting Canadian Football League in-game. Really? Is is the uh, why do you think the uh, the in-game is not as efficient in CFL? Well, the 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 rouge is like one thing. So like points don't pile up at seven three as much. Like they do for sure, but the, they're key numbers. But it's not nearly as much. And you know, and the data availability thing is it, it's same same thing with like WNBA. I remember like five years ago there was a game where like Candace Parker got hurt. And the books clearly didn't adjust. And so you're like, you're just hammer, you, you just, you know, shear sheep a million times, you skin it once. Like you take that opportunity to like lose an account to make a, you know, to make a, a, a big time amount of money yeah. on, a, on something like that. The CFL is similar, right? Like um, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's just not quite as sharp for sure. Todd, do you have any WNBA bets for us, by the way? Just curious. Yeah, I have. Let me tell you what you should do. Uh, wait until I say what to do and then go the other way. Because even if I have a game where I need 11 points in eight minutes of one quarter, uh, only 11, by the way, it's not a lot. <coughs> I won't get it. That was, Although I did- that was one of the, and it's such a random thing because it was a third quarter of a random WNBA playoff game. But that was one of the more improbable losses in the history of betting. It really was. <laughs> First of all, let me tell you something about the WNBA. The girls make free throws better than the NBA. Their percentage is higher than NBA players on free throws. The only time they don't make free throws is late (laughs) in a quarter when I need them to make free throws. They somehow find a way. Girls who are shooting 91% from the line all of a sudden can't make free throws. You needed 11 points in eight minutes and you got 10 was that the, Connect- the Connecticut, Connecticut Sun, Sun, which is a good offensive team? Yeah, a good offensive team. Just so you know. By the way, I, Eric, I was so hot early in WNBA season, and then about like a quarter of the way in, I could not win a bet, and I had so many of these ridiculous losses. And Gilly was just saw one of the last ones. No, I was. I, just- I jumped on it with you, so I experienced it too. I was like, this cannot the Atlanta happen. dreams, the Atlanta dreams, like utter and complete inability to do what's expected of them, like ruin basically anybody I know's WNBA season. Really? Yeah, they were. And I, I moved to Atlanta, like Tanisha Wright getting WNBA coach of the year votes shows you that, like, we're not the league is not ready for prime time yet. Like, it's just it was. <laughs> yeah, I Todd, I had a similar I mean, I've had a similar experience just looking at my models like 
early season great mid like for whatever reason like halfway through the year there was one two, one or two teams that just just decided to be noise every single night and Atlanta was one of them yeah, it's it's a fun league though I know like when when I first started betting at WNBA I was like oh you're gonna bet on girls basketball what are you crazy it's actually a fun league you know like I know all the teams now I, quite I know enjoy it. who runs yeah I quite, I quite enjoy it halves are only an hour long which like I think is is quite a good value proposition if you're like everybody wants immediacy right that's why you live bet like so, but if the whole game is only two hours long, it's actually like a low maintenance uh, affair as well. If you actually want to sweat the games, so yeah, I quite. And enjoy. there's also the only bad part: there's not enough commercials to to get on the live betting. That's like the good part about college basketball is you always get that 16 minute, the 12 minute, the eight minute, the four minute. You know you're getting a timeout. In the WNBA, you get for, you don't get that many commercials, and even when you do, they're like haphazard. So it's much harder to get in on good numbers. Uh, no one likes that. like a month away from college, right? College usually that first week of November we start getting those random tournaments. Are November twelfth, I believe it's November twelfth is the first game this year, or November tenth. Oh, I love that college basketball, baby. I need it to save me because things have not been going well. I, I, I am not ready for hockey in two days, nor NBA in two weeks. Like it just seems like. But it's how like, can they even bring the seasons back? October. For hockey and basketball, it's not even the same season. The NBA Finals feels like it ended four weeks ago. Like, it's just, I cannot believe they're starting again. Uh, Okay, buys this week, Cleveland, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers, our first buys of the week. So we have 14 games, bizarro exercise. You must bet a side in 13 of the 14, but you get one free pass, Eric. What is the game you want absolutely no part of? New Orleans, New England. <laughs> I love that one. That's I can't. I. I yeah. two. Av, two quarterbacks. I, I. I'm a Chiefs fan. I hate Derek Carr, and and I now that he's out of the division, I hate him even more. I cannot stand Derek Carr, and I can't stand that he <laughs> waltzed out there last week while every sharp better in the world had them minus three. You ruined everybody's weekend by playing that week <laughs> over Jameis, who's better than him when he's hurt. Um. And then New England, it's the same thing. It's like Belichick. I, yeah, I mean, Belichick's lost his fastball, right? And then now we got to watch Mac Jones throw from one hash to the other hash and get picked sixth every oh, every other game. That so, was so bad. It, it's, it's, it's awful. That game, I, want, I don't want to watch that game. I'm with you. Will? Not, in a, not a big fan of lane 10 with Detroit. I don't want to take Carolina. Carolina-Detroit is a pretty easy pass for me. Toddy? I'm going to agree with you guys on the Saints and the Patriots. I, uh, you know, by the way, has Mac Jones ever proven the played with the greatest college team of all time? And that's why I looked good in college situation. Yeah. Mac Jones. Yeah. Oh my God. Feels like that. He looks like the kind of guy they could put out there on the kickoff team for, uh, for Houston Texans. He could run one back on maybe an upback situation. Jeez. I would choose Saints Patriots, but I actually think, and it's lined this way, right? So it's not that uh, clever of a choice. But I think that Monday night game between the Packers and the Raiders, you could tell that me any second choice. Yeah, you could tell me anything about that game, and I believe you. Like, oh, that happened. Okay, sure. Because I don't know if I have my head wrapped around either of those two teams, quite frankly. Which sucks because it's a standalone game, so we have to bet it. So that, that makes it difficult. Right. We, we are we are legally required. <laughs> We're contractually obligated to bet it. The the Raiders thing is interesting too, because uh, the Josh McDaniels thing. Like I, I mentioned that what Brent said last week. Brent was like, just watch. Just watch, lad. 
no one's around. Josh McDaniels on the sidelines. It's a really interesting thing to look at. Like there's nobody around him. And Josh McDaniels, I don't know if you've ever seen like the uh, the Instagram or the TikTok conspiracy theory with him. He was 6-0 and to start his career as a head coach. And he was found to have been cheating with the videotaping. And then since, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is a whole thing. One I don't, of his players outed him, right? One of his Denver guys, Brandon Marshall, I want to say. One of his Broncos guys. Brandon Marshall well, was the host of the Feige, show. Right? Was, that, was that the thing that precipitated then, that, then looking back at the Patriots, too? Oh, I didn't know that that was before the Patriots thing, was it? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. I, it might be. I, I don't quote me on that, but it, it was he was part of the, he was part of Spygate too. He was one of the, yes. the co-conspirators. So he, he he started his coaching career. Remember, this was with Denver back in the day, six and zero. Since then, since then, his win loss record as a head coach is twelve and thirty one. Whoever the player was on that Broncos team, the way he tells the story is. He said, when I first, when Josh McDaniels was first our coach, he goes, I've never been with a coach on any level that was that prepared for any situation in any game. He was like, if they're in that formation, you sprint to the sideline because the pass is going to go there. Like, and then he found out they were cheating. They were videotaping wow. all the opponents. And he says, of course, no one's that good. So it's, I don't know. And, and that's why getting back to the, the Raiders and Packers, I have no idea how good either team is. Um, and this is what's so great about the Twitter world now, where you have these like podcasts with these former athletes. Like yeah. I was watching Marshawn Lynch the other day with 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 uh, Shepard like on a clip on on Twitter, and he's talking about how he didn't even have Russell Wilson's phone number. And you're just like, oh, so it's like, yeah, they didn't like Russell Wilson. You get all this like inside stuff, you know, or you see that. NBA guys with Matt Barnes will talk about like somebody, you know, with Jordan and or something. It's just very interesting stuff. You get these like back backdoor stories. For sure. And that one with Josh McDaniels is as interesting as they come. Uh, appreciate it. We've done all we can do. Uh, will Hill from the Bear Bets pod with Chris Valika at Fox Sports. Um, how's that going? All good, Will? You like it? Going really it? well. Yeah. yeah. College episode just draft, dropped. Uh, NFL one tomorrow. So Bear He's Bets podcast. Yeah. You got to talk more because uh, Wishnev's not on that one, right? Is that what? Exactly. 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 And Todd Wishnev from his mom's living room in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Todd. I'm going to ignore that. I'm, I'm going to ignore that shot that was just taken at me. Okay. There. That's probably a good way to at go. At T. Wishnev at Twitter. <laughs> at T. Wishnev. Are you, are you uh, accumulating people for college basketball season? Are you doing that? Yeah, I'm accumulating. There. I'm losing right now in college uh, football, you know, but whatever. I mean, not a lot, but it's still not good. No, what I'm saying, are you like inviting people to tweet at you and join your... I still have, oh, I still have some spots left in my WhatsApp, like in-game okay. uh, shootout stuff, but not that many. All right. And Dr. Eric Eager at Eric Eager underscore on Twitter. He works at Sumer Sports. And what's the name of the podcast, Eric? The Sumer Sports Show with Eric Eager and Thomas Dimitrov. Thomas Dimitrov, former GM of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, that's awesome. How, how many times a week do you put that out? We do Monday and Wednesday. Me and Thomas just talk about NFL topics. And then Friday, I do the show by myself where I kind of preview games and all that good stuff. So oh, okay. um, every, 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 uh, every other day during the week. I thought when you said you and Thomas on NFL Monday, Wednesday, I thought you were going to say, and on Friday, I talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Like I thought it was going to be like, <laughs> and now Eric, you're on the WNBA which would be awesome. By the way, I had no idea you were doing WNBA and CFL. My respect level for you is already Edmonton, high. He had an Edmonton Elks Atlanta dream parlay. <laughs> I, I love Eric to begin with. Now I, now it's just tremendous. 
All right, guys. BC Lions tonight. BC, I think, is a good play. Uh, Washington Commanders, please just win a football game for me, please, because I'd like to still be alive in Survivor. Uh, thanks to everyone listening. I'm always amazed by the uh, the downloads. Thank you so much. We're humbled by that. Good luck with all your bets. Week five in the National Football League. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.